Hello and welcome to the Zero Hanger AFL Draft Recap for 2023. I'm your host, Phoenix Trinidad, and I'm joined as always by our AFL Chief Editor, Mitch Keating. How you going, mate? Good, mate. Busy few days. but Busy very, few very days. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we're going to be breaking down uh, each pick club by club. Uh, we're going to be talking about the biggest talking points, and we'll also take a look at some of the 2024 best prospects now that 2023 is wrapped up. But uh, before we get into that, so... Uh, Draft night coverage itself, nights one and two. That was my first time going to the uh, draft night coverage. Did you time? Yeah, I did. Uh, <laughs> different vibes on both nights. I think the first night, the first round. Chaos. Yeah, it felt like a bit of a, a, a walking towards Marvel Stadium and it felt like a year 12 graduation. Lots of, um, you know, yeah. young, nervous looking kids. Yeah, uh, parents just sitting there. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, that was a bit of uh, Lynx Africa going about, but... Um, it was, yeah, it was, it was a good night. Yeah. It was just good to see kind of all those moments as well. And obviously we were upstairs and not in that foyer room. Yeah. They kind of, you know... Um, fueled them all through one at a time and yeah I couldn't um, actually tell where the draft was taking place I think it was like things below us but yeah right but, um, but yeah it was just nice to obviously chat to some of the new recruits and, and some of the list managers as well which uh, you can kind of catch all that on our YouTube page yeah um, so we got all the trade presses um, a lot of um, nervous nervous kids uh, yeah more like they all had this weird sense of I think more relief than anything like it wasn't you could, even that much excitement it was just like oh actually um, it's done yeah you can kind of tell some of them that had a lot going on in their head yeah. and they were trying to like answer questions as well and yeah um, and yeah a very different range of characters like you hear what Harley Reid and Nick Watson have to say and just very confident kids mm. you got a Conor O'Sullivan who just seems like the nicest yeah, yeah. Kid ever. Uh, yeah. 200 centimeter tall puppy. Yeah. Um, um, Phoenix Gothard. Yeah, Phoenix Gothard. So those two together were, were absolutely wrapped with how the night unfolded, obviously. Um, yeah. Albury teammates. Uh, Riley Sanders spoke really well, I thought. He's just, he's a very switched on kid. Um, um, and yeah, Colby McCurch is probably similar to those Tazzy boys. Just, yeah. Um, you know, looked really excited to get stuck into it. Um, yeah. So was, and yeah, uh, free nice. food too. Didn't mind that. Um, <laughs> I went through a whole pack of Maltesers on the first night. Did you have any? I don't think I did. Oh, okay. I accidentally stepped on one, and yeah. the <laughs> cleaning lady wasn't too happy when she came by. But that was alright. Yeah. Nah, right. And then night night two was obviously like I said, different vibe. Um, you know, no talent uh, there, but just yeah. a lot of mismanagers present, and and more interviews as well with those kind of guys getting a bit more I think insight was- into how they. Also more of a, like, it, it felt a bit more supportive from the journos and stuff. Um, like when guys like Sean Manor got drafted, everyone was sort of celebrating for yeah, him. Yeah. There's a few, yeah, there's a few storylines where you saw them, like when it came through, you, you saw like the room kind of look around. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so and then every time, yeah, it was pretty much every time Geelong drafted someone no one had heard of in the room. Yeah. They were all kind of just like, what's going on? Yeah. Um, so um, yeah, there was, there was a bit of that going uh, going on, but uh, yeah, overall, it's, yeah, it, was, it was a fun couple of nights, and then obviously we flowed into the rookie draft uh, on Wednesday. So all up, I think there's 64 in the national draft, another 22 picked up in the in the rookie or SSPs, and then another four were Category B additions. So I don't know, quick maths is 90, close to yeah. 90, uh, all up. So. Uh, well, let's get into that, into the uh, big talking points. I think the biggest one was the first round was 29 picks. Yeah, uh, which, which was That's a lot. It was, it was kind of forecasted, but I think still some people are still kind of, 
yeah, that was almost half the draft um, in the first round. And, you know, you start with, with 18 at the start of the year, then, you know, you'll get free agency compensation, you get North Melbourne's um, assistance package, and then you get the matching academy bids, which was another big talking point on the night. Um, so 29 selections. Uh, and, and from memory, I think it's first round picks that get three-year deals, not the top 20. So that's 29 players that get three-year rookie deals as opposed to what we've usually had, which is two-year deals. Um, but yeah, I, obviously a lot of trading in, in night one as well. Um, so yeah, it was it was a frantic first night um, that seemed to have you know, gone even longer than the second night, even though there was less picks. Yeah. Um, other big talking points? Yeah, so I think, I think a lot of conversation that's come out of it from both fans, media, and list managers is the academies. Yeah. So obviously there's Gold Coast's Northern Academy was was kind of a headline um, in the first round when they get Jed Walter pick three, Ethan Reader I think pick nine, Jake Rogers I think was 14, and Will Graham was 26. You also had Caden Cleary going to the Swans in the first round after a bid from uh, Collingwood. And then you had two father-son bids in, in Jordan Croft to the Dogs, Will McCabe to the Hawks. So all up that, that was what... Um, really pushed back 22 picks to 29 picks. Um, and a lot of people were talking about, I guess, post-draft, you know, the Suns getting access to four first-round picks, four guys in the top 26. And you have to think about it in a way that, you know, are these kids getting drafted to AFL at all if it's not for the the academies? Uh, it's certainly a big discussion given how what they've come away with. And I think it will be next year again when um, there's a couple of, I think, Brisbane and... Brisbane and Gold Coast have some ties to a couple of kids we'll speak on later in the show for next year. Um, and then I think the year after that could be even bigger than what 2023 was. Um, don't really like speaking on kids that probably are more than two years out of the draft because mm. they're you know, 15, 16. But um, just from you know the All-Australian team that was selected at the under-16s this year, there's you know a lot of academy kids involved in that. So if, obviously if that path kind of continues, it'll, it's going to be a big talking point for the next few drafts uh, and then there's the NGA kids as well so I think it was four or four or five NGA kids that didn't go to the clubs they're tied to um, and that and, and one talking point that followed from that was West Coast list manager Rowan and Brian having a few comments post draft about you know being a bit upset that you know they're, they're doing a lot of work in these kids as well but because it's a next generation academy prospect and not a northern academy prospect that um, you know they don't have that same level of access mm -hmm. there's restrictions on those kind of picks and they have to slide past pick 40 for them to be able to match a bid. So Lance Collard was West Coast's um, example and he went to St. Kilda. You know, Riley Sanders at, at North Melbourne. Uh, Mitch Edwards went to Geelong instead of Fremantle. Uh, Lorman Lawal went to Essendon instead of the Western Bulldogs. So there was a few throughout the night. Um, and so that's the other side of the academy bids is that you know um, the Suns will have their Northern Academy and they'll get access to to those kids no matter what pick and then you got a club like west coast who could have a player selected just as high um, as from their nga but that's they're not allowed to bid on them um where father sons is um, the same as northern academies no no real restrictions i think a change i think a simple change uh it's one step it's not gonna fix everything would be taking away the the 20 discount on first round match bids so um we kind of explained this earlier in the year but if any bids in the first round of a draft um, that need to be matched through academy or, or father-son bidding. They, those clubs that get to match also get 20% of the draft points needed um, cut. So they, they get a, a you know like a, at a sale price. Mm -hmm. I think you take that away. And I think that if you had that in place at them paying full cost, then the Suns still get 
Jed Walter and probably at unders still, but they're paying a bit more and it probably makes it a bit harder for them to get all four. Not to say they won't, they can go into deficit, which isn't completely another talking point as well, but um, it just makes it a lot harder. I think they, have to, they, they would have to give up a lot more for all four. And I think, yeah, they're certainly paid unders for all four, but like I, you go back to the start are those kids getting drafted if, if it's not for the Suns Academy anyway. So um, a lot of back and forth there, but yeah, obviously the Academy is a big talking point and it's, it's new enough that um, it's still kind of you know, growing yeah, legs and because and it's kind of, like this is perfect. It's hard to forecast this kind of thing when you bring in um, these like academies and stuff. So, are you expecting that because of what happened this year, that there will be changes next year? Maybe not as early as next year. Um, it might be like a yeah, two two year plan if if there is any changes. Like I said, like it's good for these northern clubs because they're not footy states. Um, maybe you know they could. You know, move the the NGA bidding back a bit, so that kind of levels the playing field for for all eighteen clubs. Um, yeah, maybe they'd make it pick twenty like they did in the I think it would have been twenty twenty one draft. It was pick twenty, and then it was pick 40, 40 last year. So uh, like it was pick one only a couple of, in at, in the twenty twenty drafts. That's that's what saw Jamara go to the Western Bulldogs at pick one, and obviously that's like that's a big eyebrow raiser when you've got the best kid in in the crop not going to yeah. the to the worst club. Um, so that's why they pushed it back to 20 and then 40 as part of like a, a plan. So they might do something similar and they could bring it into 20. I think getting, yeah, like I said, getting rid of the discount would be a start. Um, and then, you know, it's, mm. it, it's just tricky. Like you want Gold Coast yeah. and Sydney and, and Brisbane and GWS, um, you know, developing football in those states. But at the same time, is it going to get to a point where it's too advantage, advantageous for them? In the same sense, you know, GWS and Gold Coast aren't really getting farther sun picks anytime soon. Yeah, um, Adelaide are only just starting to get their share, and, and some of them are, are sample linked. And I think that that's a big bonus for for some of those clubs is if they have you know father son links like Max Michael and he was because his old man was a Norwood great, and so he kind of got that link to go to the Crows. So it's, every club has their advantages. Um, you know, yeah, Collingwood and Geelong have done really well out of the father son rule over the last decade or two. Um, so there's Every club has their advantage. Yeah, every club has their advantages, and I think it'll change at some point, and they'll try and level it up. But it's just going to be back and forth every year. Yeah, um, but I think they'll, they'll, the father son rule is not going to be one they'll, they'll be changing anytime soon. It's more probably just the academies and, and what yeah. they can do there. Yeah, and you could see a little bit of the frustration on the um, list managers. Uh, faces yeah, when they there, came in for the were, presses. Although few, they were very stressed out. It's there a, were, yeah, and there were a few. Uh, I think they were pretty pretty dirty with how some when some bids came in and we'll talk yeah. about we'll talk about some of those in the club by club analysis yeah absolutely all right so let's get into the club by club analysis we're going to go alphabetical order um as possible uh, as usual so we'll kick off with adelaide so they drafted daniel Curtin at uh, pick eight as a first round pick and then they had charlie edwards also in the first round and oscar ryan uh 27 yeah so they're not they're, their drafting was done on at night one uh, we got to hear from Hamish Ogilvie uh, after the draft. He was absolutely wrapped with what they came away with. Obviously, they made the trade to get Dan Curtin uh, and were pretty happy to do so with with GWS. Um, they trumped some pretty good offers as well. Obviously, the Giants could have taken West Coast's future first-round pick, which could have been pick one for next year, but they were really keen to kind of stay in the first round for this year and, and add to their list after a quiet trade period. So Dan Curtin's a player who might be the most ready-made yep. I think it's between him, Harley Reid, or maybe Jed Walter as, as far as the, the kids that can probably book themselves around one spot. And 
I think you add into the fact that the Crows will be without Nick Murray next year, so there'll be a, a role in in defence um, for someone um, in that starting twenty two. And Dan Curtin's one that they've they've said we'll we'll start his career down back as well. He can play you know, as a forward, um, can play through midfield, and that was something that Ogilvy kind of talked about after the draft as well was how good of a forward he was when he was a junior. Um, and then, yeah, adding Oscar Ryan and Charlie Edwards, um, they were obviously quite happy with with Charlie Edwards and being that tall midfielder they, they kind of want. Um, yeah, they've got Jordan Dawson, but they kind of just want some bit more size. And he's got some good run on him as well, you know, 190 plus centimetres um, and can play kind of back line, which is where he started his draft year. And Oscar Ryan was a bit of a surprise pickup. Uh, I don't think anyone really thought he was going to be a first round selection. Uh, and the Crows had considered trading back and potentially you know, splitting that that pick 27, I think it was, and kind of getting him maybe on the second night and, and adding in an extra draft pick maybe for next year. But I think they knew that West Coast and Brisbane, who started the, the second round, were keen on him. So they they pounced. And um, yeah, another kind of back flanker, you know, can kind of play all three lines, but just offers a nice bit of run. So... Three picks all in the first round, got their business done early. Uh, and then the only potential list addition they might have is Carl Gallagher out of Ireland. So he'll join them over the weekend, have a few weeks at the club um, and another kind of dashing um, backman. He's only 22, 23, I think. So uh, got some youth on his side. And uh, yeah, exciting little draft crop. Uh, it was a quiet off-season overall for the Crows. But Dan Kern's a, a very nice in to kind of headline there. Yeah, new, he new looks recruits. pretty ready-made. You reckon he plays round one? Oh, I, yeah, I think so. Um, like I said, he can probably play as a medium defender despite standing at like 197 centimetres. Yeah. Um, like they've got Max Michelani who's going to play that lockdown role on small forwards. And they've got Wayne Miller and Brody Smith will offer runs. So maybe he kind of goes on a t- third tall forward mm-hmm. uh, and he'll have size to match up on someone like that. Yeah, um, yeah he's just well-built. Um, good lockdown and intercept player and can even just you know, push up and run a bit. Uh, I think one thing Ogilvy was really highlighted about Curtin was his clean ball use for a player that's almost 200 centimetres tall. Um, so I think they're going to look towards him as someone that can yeah, offer um, some movement out of that back third as well. Yep, good. Easy night for Adelaide. So moving over to Brisbane. So they're not uh, they're dropping to start into the second round. Uh, so they've got Logan Morris at 31 and then Luke Lloyd, uh, Zane... Zakostelsky. Exactly. Oh, I'm going to call him ZZ. You're not the, you're not the first one. He's the yes. first ZZ that's been drafted. Yeah. Um, and Reese Torrent. Yeah. Um, so some key position talent um, was kind of the focus for them. So Morris, uh, a pretty mobile um, key forward. Luke Lloyd, similar. Like they're, they're, they're yeah, both two key forwards, but not exactly the same build. So Luke Lloyd's probably a bit smaller and can probably play a bit better at the ground level. Uh, Logan Morris can play backline if they want him to do so they did get Zane Zakostelsky though who's a you know, key defender that might be able to pinch hit in the ruck so that was kind of their focus but um you know I think we heard from Stephen Canole that you know these are the picks that they're happy to to, to bring in but won't be rushing them into into any senior football and I think Logan Morris got a got a look at, at the VFL this year uh, I don't think Zakostelsky played any waffle seniors um and Luke Lloyd, he's, I think everyone, every time you hear about him, you hear about his 19-goal game in mm. school footy. So that was kind of a big highlight for him. Um, That's pretty so, handy. So all three, all three of those guys will, yeah, will be given a bit more time um, to develop. And then Reese Torrent, uh, a bit of a midfielder, 
Um, so just offers probably a bit more run and, and some ball winning prowess. And then they picked up Bruce Revel uh, in the rookie draft. So I think he's like a utility player. Um, has been on in their VFL program for a couple of years, and he was just a cap B pickup. So cheap, doesn't cost him anything on the salary cap, um, and one that they must have liked out of their own system. So yeah, not not like a headline grabbing you know draft crop. They probably picked up more players than they thought they would. Yeah, uh, I think they were pretty happy to see Reese Torrent available with their last pick. Um, yeah, had no list uh, had no list spots for the for the rookie draft, but they were able to get Revel as that you know pre listed addition. Um, so yeah, busy enough. Uh, but you know, like I said, they've got some key forwards who will be afforded time to develop. Um, you know, they'll have Brandon Ryan kind of yeah. taking Jack Gunston's role, and um, you know, their backline or key defensive stocks are, are pretty settled at the moment. So Zakostelski is is a bright player that definitely needs you know a bit of time before he gets a look at senior level. So um, I think that's a good thing when you draft sort of went in that area that you're already like you've, they've already got a pretty settled forward line and a pretty settled yeah, back like line so great like developing those year. kids yeah, yeah as gives you that perfect kind of, place to develop yeah, region on the run um and kind of can settle on that next crop like they've got a, a few players i don't think that have played games and they've been on their list for a few years like um it's uh, henry smith might might be, like he's contracted for like three more years yeah but he hasn't he hasn't got a look in these first couple seasons but they're they just know that they've got a lot of these guys ready for when they need them yeah. down, the, down the line. And so the draft they signed a three-year contract, don't they? Uh, first rounders. First rounders, So I think yeah. it's two, two years still for for anyone that was drafted on the second night. Rookie drafts can be, I think, a bit up and down uh, from one-year to two-year deals. Right. Um, but, yeah, any, so none of those players will have three-year deals. Um, I wouldn't have thought. Yep. Beautiful. All right. So moving over to the Blues. So they had their first round pick in Ashton Moyer. Is it Moyer? Moyer. Moyer. Yep. yep. And Billy Wilson at 34. Uh, yeah. So I guess Moyer was one that was pretty closely linked to the Blues. Um, so out of Glenelg, really good bottom age player um, last year at, at, for, for SA and the National Champs and for Glenelg and the Sanford Juniors. But Probably didn't have the year he wanted. Just couldn't get that return or that volume that that we had seen when as a seventeen year old. Um, but it's not unlike the Blues to draft someone, you know, looking at a, a wider scope and then not just their draft campaign. Like they got Harry Lemmy, another SA kid, last year, a tall forward as well, um, who was just like Moya, you know, potential top five pick heading into his draft campaign and certainly slid back. Um, didn't have the, the season he wanted, and you know, Nick Austin said that post draft. You know, they, they look at the bigger picture. They've got they see Moyer as a point of difference type forward, um, and yeah, he's much like Lemmy. With when you've got guys like Mackay and Kerno uh, leading the ship, you you can kind of give these kids some time to to hone their craft a bit uh, at, in the VFL maybe. And then Billy Wilson's an interesting one. Um, so it was a I think well, a team of the year member in the Coates Talent League as a defender. You know, played a lot of backline footy but um also i think played a fair bit of inside midfield which is what kind of picked up nick austin uh nick austin's attention a little bit um and that's where he's, he's going to be training with the midfield group and they might see him as kind of like a sam doherty type to kind of learn off mm -hmm. um you know can play a bit outside but they really like him on the inside as well as a ball winner and just quick and speed so that was another one that they ticked off uh, and then on top of that, they brought in Matt Carroll through the rookie draft. So defender, uh, bit me I think he's medium sized and just a clean user, nice little runner, um, good overhead. So yeah, all rounds. You know, with you know without a you know high pick, you know the last pick in the first round, but without a high pick, uh, I think they're quite happy just with their list additions. And they have a couple of Irishmen as well that that have joined the list. 
yep. um, as Cat B's. So didn't have to, I don't think they had to add too much this year, to be honest. Like they get Elijah Hollands through the trade period and it's probably just enough. Uh, they're, they're pretty happy with the course they're on, you would think. Yep, absolutely. All right, so moving over to the reigning premiers in Collingwood. Um, they just keep, they're just so likable, which is just really frustrating because um, I just don't want to like them. But they got Harry DiMatteo in uh, 25, um, cricketer. Yeah, Jill Sport. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and one of my favorites, uh, Chu Giath, uh, more well boy. Yeah, yeah, 37. More well, boy, you'll be happy with that. Yeah. yeah. Um, CJ's uh, younger brother, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll start with Harry. Yeah, that were, that were uh, one I think we might have had going to them in our mock draft, at least one of them. Um, and it, yeah, it makes sense. Just a, you know, it could really be a, a an anything player for them. Like a great run and and um, and real hunter of the footy. His leadership quality, I think, is a big attraction for Harry DiMatteo. Just speaks so well i think um derek Hines said he had the coaches eating out of his hand on his first day at the club um so obviously a nice run but it was also just a ball at the gate as well uh, and i think they kind of see that um as a big bonus uh, after losing taylor adams and he'll wear the number 13 as well so that's that's kind of a nice like there is there too but uh, i think he'll he'll he's more of a ready-made one than, than what tj will be um and he could be one that offers a bit of run in the back line to start his career. I think Hines said that that's probably going to be the case with someone like him, Jacob Ryan, Harvey Harrison, these guys, you know, moving into the back line mix and, and then allowing Nick Dacos to play further up the field. Um, so he could be one that gets a look next year for sure. Um, but, it, you know, I think they want to give him some time. And yeah, they've got Jacob Ryan probably ahead of him um, in those back line stocks. And then Jath is, is someone that will probably need a bit more time. Uh, again, another player who offers a lot of run. That was a pretty clear message from Derek Hine after the draft is these guys can't run, they can't play in our system. And that's exactly why they picked up these two kids. Um, just also a bit more of an intercept defender as well. Um, you know, can be just as much of an aerial threat as he can be um, running with the ball. So, you know, swooped on him ahead of the NGA bids. That was another one of those NGA um, steals, I guess. Uh, obviously, he was linked to the Hawks. And Derek Hine even said, you know, he's probably... Just needs time to develop. He's probably a bit more developed than his brother, but he's just, he'll, he'll need some time. Um, and he'll you know get some good runs in the VFL before kind of being used at a higher level. Um, but just a couple of picks, they don't really need to you know fine tune their list too much. Uh, they did you know got Lockie Schultz in through the door as well through the trade period, so they'll they'll be happy all around with kind of just getting in a couple of young kids. Um, you know, two two that might be considered as top thirty prospects. So. Um, yeah, not too bad for the pies. Yeah, I think they've done very well. Um, they're just going to keep rolling on being good uh, to the peril of the rest of the competition. All right, so moving over to Essendon. Uh, they did pretty well too. Um, King Dodoro doing his best work. Uh, Nate Caddy at uh, number 10 and then uh, Luaman Lawal at 39 and Archie Roberts at 54. Pretty good crop there. Yeah, so uh, traded up to get Caddy, just moved up that one pick, um, you know, had a list spot that they could get rid of or a pick, I guess, they could get rid of. So just added a nice little sweetener to swap with Geelong at picks 10 and 11. And they, they thought Geelong were going to get Caddy. And if not Geelong, someone actually might have traded with the Cats to get Caddy. So that was kind of why they made that move, just to go up one spot. Um, and yeah, they get a, a nice uh, athletic um key forward plays well above his height like he's 193 centimeters but he's got like a 6'8 wingspan so that yep. kind of shows you that he's he's got a pretty you know, decent leap on him but also the, the some you know long arms to kind of take the ball at full flight so 
is he a chance to play early next year? I, he could be. It'd be interesting to see how they're kind of rating Harrison Jones and where he's at. You know, he's starting his fourth season or fifth season next year. Um, you know, Langford and Wright were, were pretty solid together and they want this extra piece that Caddy's going to be. But Yeah, um, he wouldn't be the main man straight away, which year. is good. Yeah, yeah, um, and Brad Scott's, you know, called for patience on a lot of their young players. Mm. Um, unfortunately, some of those young players aren't at the club anymore though, so it's... There's, there's a balance. Like they said that with Patrick Voss and he didn't get a look and then got delisted and Mass D'Ambrosio was another one that kind of walked um, after not getting a look. So and not that that's going to be the case with Caddy, but um, yeah, they'll, they'll probably be calling for just a bit of patience on someone like him. And then Luomar Luol and Archie Roberts, two, two uh, halfbacks, not exactly the same type of player. Like uh, Roberts is good endurance athlete and has nice bursts as well. Good ball winner and can probably push further up the field and even play in midfield, uh, where Luau's more line-breaking, um, you know, smart footballer across the back um, that kind of wants to, to find the ball, but is also a good kind of one-on-one defensive matchup. So, mm. um, yeah, obviously Luau was linked to the Bulldogs as an NGA. Bombers got him with like the second last pick before um, the cutoff. And Roberts probably slid further than, than a few thought. Like I think I might have had him top 25 to 30, and he, what pick did he go? What, as down? 54. 54. So it's, yeah, nice little pickup. And then his teammate, Vico Vincentini, uh, in the rookie draft the day after. So you probably thought they were going to go for a Ruckman at some point. Um, you know, they, uh, they've got Nick Bryan developing, Sam Draper, and Todd Goldstein. That's about it. You know, they lose Andrew Phillips, and they probably just needed someone else coming in. And Vincentini's probably that. It's probably on that next rung of rucks. Like there was, there was probably Ethan Reed as the standout, then Taylor Go, Will Green, and Mitch Edwards, and then Vizantini was probably yeah in that next crop. So they've they've got someone who, um, yeah, can just kind of slot in as a as a fourth string ruckman. They won't really, well, they shouldn't really need next year. Um, and yeah, joins teammate Archie Roberts had an okay year. Vizantini like pretty mobile, two hundred plus centimeters. Um, you know, his brother Dante's at, at Port Adelaide, so that'll be a nice one for their family. Yep, beautiful. All right, so uh, over now to the Dockers. So they didn't get their night started uh, until night two, with, uh, but they got Cooper Simpson at 35, a little mid forward, uh, Ollie Murphy at 41, and Jack DeLean at 60. Yeah, they uh, obviously flagged pre-draft. They were looking to add some forward forwards to their mix. They get that in Jack DeLean, high volume, forward small forward um kicks plenty of goals he led the sample under 18s this year for goals um had a, a bag or two for, for south australia this year um so yeah he's you know sprightly small forward exactly what they need after losing liam henry and Lockie schultz they might find some some forward work in cooper simpson um kind of an exploit more of an explosive midfielder but i guess at a higher level he's, he's not going to be starting on ball and, and maybe could be a, a more of a half forward type um and then Odin Jones was a rookie draft pickup. So Ruck, key forward, local prospect, cheap for them. So uh, he was one that will probably develop a bit more. But Ollie Murphy was was one of the other big sliders, um, key defender, which was I think was interesting. They, you know, they've put a lot of work into their key backline stocks and they picked up Oscar McDonald, but that was kind of to you know, makeshift Joel Hamling. Um, but Ollie Murphy, you know, athletic, 200 centimetres. Um, he'll need a lot of time though. Mm-hmm. Um, before getting a look um, had obviously a great championships with Vic Metro and won their MVP uh, maybe after that was probably a bit quieter and that's maybe why a few kind of slid uh, um, on him but um, you know high upside you know plenty of plenty of talent there and, you know not nice enough ball user um, 
and can at least offer some run um, as a you know 200 centimeter defender. So that's that's not a bad pickup for Freo, given that, that they didn't enter the draft until the second night. Um, whether their list's better than it was this time last year, I'm not too sure. Um, you know, they've got a lot of guys that are you know, developing and will go to new levels, like we saw what Caleb Sarong did this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'll have a few more guys like that. I think like a, a Matt Johnson, Jai Amos and, and Neil Erasmus in their, what, third years next year. Yeah. Could be quite exciting. Um, where they're back in the finals mix though, I'm not sure. They probably just didn't have the offseason that they wanted. Losing Schultz, losing Henry, uh, and then hamling three guys that they had had offered deals to. Sounds like Jeremy Sharp's going to be an SSP pickup. Uh, I think News Corp have reported that um, Patrick Voss could be an SSP trial. And then there's word that... Um, Max Beattie out of Woodville, West Torrance. So another small forward um, type that they could consider. Uh, he's only 19 as well. So um, there's a there's a few that they might add to the list before uh, 24, 24 gets underway. Yeah. So given where they are, are, any of these guys, you know, the chance for round one? No, I wouldn't have thought. Like maybe Dillian um simpson uh, simpson might be a chance if they're using him more to, uh, as a forward um but yeah it might be one of those two just given they probably need some some small forward spark yeah um, now they've got swikowski frederick and walters though so it's really only if one of those guys are missing in round one yeah you'd think all right so moving over to the cats uh they were pretty busy Stephen wells very busy man uh so they got connor sullivan at 11 uh mitch edwards 32 sean manor your boy george stevens 58 uh oliver wiltshire at 61 and lawson humphreys rounding out at 63 Stephen wells masterclass yeah yeah i think so just it was pretty few, popular yeah, on uh, was, on draft nights. He pulled uh, a few rabbits out of the hat. Uh, obviously, it remains to be seen just how this draft crop, crop goes. But uh, obviously, his history with some mature age pickups is is um, unmatched. Yeah, across the league, when you look at guys like Tim Kelly, Tom Stewart, Sam Manigola, James Ponziadley. So yeah, hopefully, like hopefully they they can get something similar in Sean Manor. Obviously, it was a big talking point uh, leading into the draft. Um, had that. Van, VFL grand final performance 27 and 6 Norm Goss medal winner in a losing side but the Cats um, said you know their interest in him was you know well before the draft they were happy to see him perform well obviously uh, to a degree at the same, in the same sense they probably would have liked him to you know, have a, a mild game they still might, would have swept um, swooped on him uh, but it, you know even at the mid-season draft he was a talk, he was a potential pickup and Wales kind of said they probably just didn't have the list spots um, or the need to, to facilitate a move for, for Sean Manor. I think they got Mitch Hardy instead. Um, so, look, they get him now um, and he's going to be, you know, one that's, um, you'd think is going to be in the you know, round one conversation mix. You're not drafting a 26-year-old to give him time to develop. So, um, yeah, just explosive midfield forward um, and you'd think you'd get looks in both of those areas of the ground. Conor Sullivan, as you mentioned, their first pick of the draft, you know, key defender, um, 197, 198 centimetres tall, good intercept, good lockdown player, can swing forward. So one that maybe like very similar to Sam DeConing, I guess. So they, they might give him a year or two before he gets a look, just like they did with Sam. And you see how that how well that's turned out so far. Mitch Edwards, um, you know, ruck pickup. I'm not sure if many thought they were going to go down that kind of route, uh, at least with their first pick on, on night two. Um, but similar to some guys we mentioned earlier in the show, just really good bottom age seasons and maybe it was injury and form that kind of saw them slide back a bit, but plenty of potential and upside. Um, you know, it's 204 centimetres, I think. Um, a bit of a project player, much like they've got with Toby Conway. So it's going to be interesting to see which of those kind of 
emerge as the the next ruckman for their for their midfield group. And then uh, I'll I'll get to George Stevens next. Maybe um, had you know a, another one that's that's body is really ready. Like I think he's a hundred kilos, one ninety centimeters. Maybe might not be that tall, but um, yeah, just a big ball. Um, you know, play inside midfield. Um, can uh, you know maybe play off of halfback as well? AFL Academy player, coach talent team, the league player. Um, you know, so. He, he could be one that, that gets a, a look next year uh, if they like what they see. He played a couple of VFL games for Geelong this year and actually had a team high, I think, 27 disposals um, during uh, during one of those games. So, yeah, some ready-made talent there. Then Oliver Butchier was the first kind of bolter pick uh, out of Barwon Head, so a local footy player. Um, I think he's seen as like a small forward, sprightly type. Um, off good run. Stephen Wills, Wells just said he, he just has these uncanny moments and these things that kind of make him stand out among the rest of the of the field. Um, and that's kind of why they they went for him. Obviously, another one right from under their nose at, at Barwon Heads. So um, one that they would have put a lot more attention into than any other club would have. And then Lawson Humphreys, very similar story. I think he was draft eligible a couple of years ago um, out of Swan Districts. So I think he's like a midfielder, but maybe can likely start off half back, bit of run. Um, and yeah, like another just surprise pickup. And then to top it all off, they picked up Emerson Jika at the rookie draft on Wednesday. Uh, obviously former Hawthorne player, you know, used as a key forward, trialed as a key defender, which is probably where Geelong might look at him. Like they probably want options at both ends. Um, so that's going to be really interesting to see how they use him, maybe as like that Sabaratagalia type project player. Um, and yeah, like he's supposed to join Essendon's VFL program after leaving the Hawks, and now he's on the back on an AFL list with Geelong. So that's going to be a good one to watch for Emerson Jika. Yep, good haul for Geelong. So moving over to the Gold Coast now. Uh, yeah, big academy haul from the Sun. So obviously Jed Walter at pick three, Ethan Reed at nine, uh, Jake Rogers at fourteen, and Will Graham at twenty-six. All in the first round. Um, Bit controversial, but great pickups. Yeah, like yeah, I, no one wins the draft, um, at least not in the week after it. But mm. um, you have to think that they they're quite happy with um, how it's all unfolded. You know, they got their picks in, and they had to do some a few extra trades to make sure that they got all four in. Especially when you know got Will Graham coming in as a first round pick as well. Um, but yeah, just going through them, Jed Walter, uh, as mentioned earlier in the show, he's probably one of three or four that are, that are you know, pretty much built for a round one game. Yeah, he's massive. Um, yeah, he's, <laughs> yeah, absolutely huge. Um, just well-built. Um, kicked 18 goals in four games in the talent league, another 11 in four games at the national champs. Had some injury concerns that kind of, you know, let him kick his feet up um, in the back end of the season, especially when you know where you're going. So that was fine. Um, and yeah, really going to be one that's going to be next to Ben King next year and working under mm. Levi Casbold as well. And if they can lock away Ben King to a new deal, then they've got their forward line set up for some time in a very yeah. exciting period for the club. Uh, next one was Ethan Reed, premier ruckman of the competition, just athletic and aerobically gifted, like running under six minutes in a two game time trial for someone that's 200 plus centimeters is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So well, he covers a lot of ground with yeah. the uh, with the legs. With the, yeah, he's obviously a, a yeah very tall um, and just very also athletic. So um, you know he'll get to work off Jared Witts, which is perfect for him, and he won't be needed to play. Like he won't 
have to play next year, you would think, um, with Ned Moyle also backing up in the ruck. So long-term, Ruckman, you know, could maybe play some back line. So that's going to be quite interesting to see. Jake Rogers, you know, 170 centimetres tall, so you know, quite small, but um, packs a punch, you know, just hard at the ball, you know, good tackler, will probably play a bit forward if he gets a look early enough. And a perfect matchup for him at training is going to be someone like Tuke Miller, um, just to kind of work off him and his skills. And then Will Graham, another midfielder, but will probably join the backline group, you know, played um, defense for the allies, you know, given their star-studded midfield of Sanders, um, Rogers, Colby McKercher, Caden Cleary. So um, they trialed him down back and he was you know, pretty solid. So uh, it's probably likely going to be where he starts his career. Um, and yeah, you know, like you said, it's it's a it's a big tick for the Suns for for very obvious reasons. Uh, and yeah, Damien Hardwick's going to be pretty wrapped with with some of the pieces he's added to mm. that eighty percent you know premiership list. And I think all four of those kids are very much going to be part of of the club's plans moving forward. I think one of my favourite points of the night was when they made Ethan Reid and Jake Rogers do the presses together. And just the disparity between their hearts. They looked was, like um, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito was, in that. It was uh, actually, <laughs> you could see them walk through and Jake Rogers just goes, freak show, <laughs> as they're rolling up to the mic. So that was pretty good. When yeah. You've got, yeah, 40 odd centimeters between them. So yeah, uh, mm. taking their stride, obviously. And, and Jed um, Walter, with a couple of pre-seasons in him, he is going to be... A monster. Just a monster. Yeah. yeah. Models his game off Charlie yeah, you Kerno. Don't, you don't get a lot of key forwards like that anymore, I don't think. Like you look at last year, Cabin went at number one. Matt Jefferson was the next drafted forward, I think. And then yeah. even like Nate Caddy and, and Jordan Croft this year, they just don't compare in size yeah. to someone like Jed Walter. It's just, yeah, scary. It's a good time for um for Dimmer to be coming in. So they could be very scary team as early as next year, to be honest. So mm. uh, moving over now to Greater Western Sydney, uh, they surprisingly took Phoenix Gothard at twelve, who's probably my favourite uh, player from this draft. Not just because of the first name, but also just his uh, his whole vibe was great. Yeah. Um, and then James League at seventeen, Joe Fonte at forty four, and Harvey Thomas at fifty nine. Yeah, uh, yeah. The Gothard one was was the first of of a few big surprises, at least on night one. Um, pick twelve, like you would have thought, maybe Leek was the one that that went at, at twelve, uh, and Gothard uh, at seventeen, I think it was for for Leek. So, um, yep. you know, they got the two kids that they wanted probably then um, in that case anyway. And yeah, Phoenix Gothard, nice crafty small forward. Uh, again, one out of the Allies, and again one out of the Murray Bush Rangers. They picked up four in the first round. Um, after a pretty disappointing talent league season. So um, obviously their top-end talent was was really good this year. And um, yeah, they found some uh, found a nice one in Phoenix. I thought, as you mentioned, just overall, real happy kid and keen to get stuck into his footy. James Leake, uh, some had him in the top 10 conversation. I probably wouldn't have had him all too high, but, but um, certainly in the first round mix, so that was great to see. Um, you know, 187 centimeters, just good athletic and, and good leaping ability that makes him a, a either a you know, intercepting threat down back or a forward target up front. Um, good, you know, below his knees and, and smart in front of goal. So um, just a clean user, another one out of the Tassie crop. Uh, Joe Fonte, Ruckman. I think this one was a bit of a surprise as well, but they obviously needed to add to their ruck stocks. Uh, you lose Matt Flynn, 
Um, you know, Kieran Briggs is their main man, and they've got Nick Madden and Braden Pruce kind of as depth options, but maybe another ruck was needed, and they pick him up out of, out of Claremont. And then Harvey Thomas was a um, academy-linked player. So they were going to get him anyway, um, but decided to just run a pick on him. Uh, kind of a utility player, you know, can offer run out of halfback, but also be a crafty small forward. And then Nathan Wardius um, was a category B um you know, pre-listed selection. So um, cost them nothing on, on Wednesday. Uh, and I think he's kicked, you know, 150 goals from 50 games in the Hume League or something. Um, mm-hmm. The club had listed him as. So uh, another forward for them who played a little bit of VFL with the Giants this year as well. Um, and so another one they could just pick up out of their own kind of backyard. Yep, absolutely. So some really... Um yeah, just Phoenix got. I just loved his reaction at the uh, at the presser. He just couldn't believe it. Um, so moving over to Hawthorne now. So uh, another good crop. So Nick Watson, the Wiz at pick five. Uh, Will McCabe, nineteen. Uh, Bodie Ryan, forty six, and Colsha Deer, fifty six. So obviously Watson. Um, yeah, great little great little pocket rocket they've got down there. Yeah, I mean, you know exactly what you're getting from Nick Watson. I think. Um, Calls himself the Energizer Bunny, yeah. the Wizard, the Bulldog, whatever like nickname you want to you want to stick with him. Um, yeah, teaming up with Ginevan, I think is going to be a very interesting. <sighs> yeah, interesting is the right word. Just <laughs> absolute headaches for the opposition and for the fans as well, and um, probably teammates really at some gonna, point. <laughs> yeah, and probably teammates. It's not probably not the worst call ever, but um, one thing they know how to do is is just create goals from nothing. Like that's what Nick Watson does. Well, seventy goals he kicked across all yeah pretty this much year. like dominant for Caulfield mm-hmm. um you know I think it was one of the oh, best goal kickers in the national champs I'll have to kind of remember how many he kicked compared to a few others but um you know every game he played he, he had a, a few goals kicked uh for Vic Metro that's unreal uh, for 170 centimeter yeah. small forward and then short east, king eastern range short king eastern ranges AFL academy um, no level where he didn't look out of place. And that kind of, you know, that's that's the big knock on him is his size. But I think people will be surprised just how well he can have an impact, how big of an impact he can have on a game despite being just 170 centimetres. So, yeah, like you said, with Jack Ginevan next to him uh, and w- working off guys like Luke Bruce and Dylan Moore, that's, that's going to be really good for Nick Watson's kind of craft and just learning uh, at the next level. Uh, I think he'll learn pretty quickly as well, not just from a from a from who he gets to work with, but from an opposition. I think there'll be um, a lot of attention placed on him, just like there has been on Jack Inovan. So yeah. that'll be interesting. Will McCabe was the other one they picked up on night one. So that's four first round picks the Hawks have picked up over the last two drafts. Um, and Will McCabe was the father-son selection, son of Luke, um, you know, 190-odd centimetres, key defender, more probably focused as an intercept defender rather than a lockdown defender. So interesting to see if he gets a look next year, it'll be as a, as a third tall. Um, him and Bodie Ryan together have probably the perfect mentor in James Sicily. So Bodie Ryan, very similar to Sicily, um, probably plays a bit taller than, than you might think uh, down back and um, just reads the flight of the ball really well. Clean ball user um, and nice distributor as well while while we're at it. And then Kelsha Deer was the second father-son pick. So um, obviously a great story for Kelsha, son of Paul Deer, Norm Smith medalist. Um, and yeah, heads to the Hawks. We'll, we'll join the, you know, another tall forward for them to kind of, you know, use as a project player. Um, very raw though. So yeah, he'll be needed some a, a bit of time and, and I think they'll, have the players ahead of him to afford him that time. Can pinch it in the ruck if needed. Um, just, yeah, good good leading patterns, um, good marker. So, yeah, just a, 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 probably a nice crop for the Hawks all up. Um, 
and you know didn't have to do too much of the rookie draft got chad wing under cooper stevens back so um ticked all the boxes i think yep good fun for the hawks so moving now over to melbourne so they took caleb windsor at seven which is a bit of a surprise to me and colton tholstrip at 13 but a classy player yeah no the two players i think that um were tied to the to the d's a little bit in in a in the lead up to the draft and yeah like you said windsor uh, i probably i feel like there could have been a lot more said about the demons overlooking dan curtain mm-hmm. um you know i think we heard from the d's after that they, they were selecting the best available so in, in their yeah. own list they got the players who were at the top of their list they're also it does it does work out as as a, it was a balance of of getting the best player they that was available but at the same time filling some list needs which worked out quite well for them um so they'll, they'll be happy but yeah i i think they probably could have been more said about them not going for someone like dan Curtin, who um yeah would be a great fit for for the demons i think um i'll be honest that's who i was um hoping we'd pick up yeah so yeah, seven, but was, yeah interesting to see um not much was was made of that uh so but yeah wins are real classy uh, operator, wingman, and really quick. So one of the quicker kids in this draft. Um, you know, you look at him as probably a prospect that gets to learn off some some you know well trained wingman in Lockie Hunter, Ed Langdon, Angus Brayshaw. Um, some you know maybe a successor for Hunter down the track. You know, he also talked about you know he kind of looks at, at his game um, and tries to compare a lot to Ed Langdon, so that that'll probably work in in his favour a little bit. He's a pie supporter as well, so. Um, also, you know, works and looks at Josh Dacos as another one. And Colin Tholstrup, um, just a, uh, he's going to be a fun player to watch, I think. Yeah. Um, he's got but, a good vibe with that hair and the, yeah. and the sunnies. Yeah, the Vipers on at yeah. the Combine. Um, real spark plug up front, you know, a um, bit like Cam Zerha. I think he gets compared to a fair bit. Um, it's just kind of a, a bullish, you know, player in the, um, in front of center. So, um whether he played some senior footy this year and then he could get a look i guess um early next year but you know they're, they're fo- melbourne's forward stocks are, are pretty solid and then another one uh, that added through the rookie draft was father son kind brown um who real consistent player i i don't know why he wasn't probably talked up a bit more like he was one of the best performers for vic metro i think he won their best and fairest um was absolutely solid with for the oakley charges um you know he's probably a bit smaller size but still a good contested player in midfield and could play some outside midfield as well so i think he's going to be a bargain i like i father son anyway so it wouldn't really matter if when he's when a bid came for him um unless you know the d's are having to cough up heaps of points but i they'll be absolutely wrapped yeah with 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 having adding him um you know through as a pre-listed player rather than as a national draft player obviously they didn't pick up anyone after the first round anyway so it's not like they had heaps of plans but um yeah i think he's going to be a, a nice pickup for them yep. um, to add to their father-son ranks yeah and it was also just good to see them uh resign jake Malksham uh in the rookie draft as well just yeah, to yeah um so moving over to north melbourne so big haul for them all in the first round so colby mccurcher at number two zane dersma at number four taylor goad at 20 will dawson at 22 and riley hardeman at 23 so great crop there it was always going to be hard to stuff this up you'd yep. think um you know, dersma, I just had such a strong hand coming into the draft yeah. regardless yeah we, we spoke a bit you know pre-draft about the whole dersma mccurcher curtain like which two of those three do you go for and i probably would have liked them to have seen curtain but if they go down curtain they're probably looking away from dersma and still going mccurcher so no, i probably would have liked to see them go dersma and curtain but gee they get a good player and colby mccurcher will match winner and look, he probably does complement the, the midfield that's like they've 
drafted a lot of midfielders with their first picks over mm-hmm. the last five, six years. Um, did so again, <clears throat> pardon me. Um, but he's probably, yeah, probably is a bit different to what the crop they've got. Like you look at Luke Davis, Uniac, and George Wardlaw, kind of inside bullish players, whereas McKercher's inside and outside and probably offer a lot more run. Yeah. Um, you know, you add in Justin Great kick into that too. mix. Yeah, really good kick, just evasive skills and a smart footy player and a real leader. So um, Yeah, a real mature head on him. Yeah, mm. yeah, switched on, I think, is, is the best way to kind of look at Colby McKercher. Uh, and then they add Zane Dersmer as well, who probably plays as a half forward. They definitely need some some more forward um, targets the ruse uh you know someone to kind of help nick larkey a little bit um he's he's going to be a much like a mccurger a real menace and especially when the game's on the line yeah really turn it in his team's favor um crafty good above his head also pretty good at ground level uh i think is he ready for afl though um he had i think a game or two for casey this year and like didn't wow but like you know he's he's played for foster as well back in his hometown and so he's got senior experience it, i i wouldn't be surprised if he's if he's playing around one next year um that's more because of maybe north's list profile right um you know but you know they like they they can you know pull um you know something up their sleeve look at what they did with harry sheasel this year best small forward that's come through the draft for some time and he's an elite halfback mm-hmm. so um yeah you've got to keep a quite an open mind with some of these uh, and then yeah some of the next few picks taylor goad um i think there'll be a few clubs looking at at him um ruckman who uh yeah we probably thought they were going to go for a ruckman so he gets a bit of time to develop they also picked up Finbar Maley, um who out of the northern bullants and, and altham and that was in the rookie draft um but yeah taylor goad um a quick like a lightning quick player for someone of his height uh, and then the other two pickups, Riley Hardiman and Will Dawson. So defensive options, Hardiman, more of that small dashing defender, Captain WA this year. And then Will Dawson, a, a taller, um, you know, yeah, key position defender. So they, a few list needs, but also getting, you know, players in that top crop as well. Um, so that's going to be, yeah, just a nice little mix. I'm interested to see who of those gets uh, gets minutes next year. You'd think McKercher and, and Dersma probably leading. Hardiman could. Um, and the others probably just need some time to develop. Yep. Good stuff. Uh, so moving over now to the power. So they didn't really get started until much later in the draft. Um, their first pick came in at 48, who was Thomas Anastasopoulos, uh, Lachlan Charleston at 52, and Will Lorenz at 57. So quiet-ish uh, draft report. Yeah, I tipped them getting a small forward. Uh, I didn't think it was going to be Anastasopoulos or Charleston, though. I thought maybe a Deline. <clears throat> uh, Jack Callanan, who was actually overlooked overall um but nasasopoulos uh you know quite a small framed small forward uh the chillong falcons good pressure player though like it's exactly what you kind of want in in a certain type of small forward is just someone who has a clean forward craft knows where the goals are knows how to set up teammates but then when the ball switches you know can really some run and, and yeah lay some pressure lucky charles and will lorenz um you know probably some surprise pickups overall so charles and gwv um another one that probably is going to play a bit more forward lorraine's probably a bit more outside um so it's going to be interesting to see you know if those either of those three probably get used and then xavier walsh was one they picked up in the rookie draft um so out of wa um key forward which is probably a list need in a way like they've got ollie lord and georgia just todd marshall but um you know both marshall and lord off contract in 2024 so maybe it could be you know, just some um, 
succession planning uh, in, in case. But yeah, it wasn't going to be a, you know, a huge draft night for Port just given where they entered the draft. But they've picked up some some exciting young kids. Um, and you know, I guess history says one of them is going to probably turn out to be a pretty decent player at least. So um, yeah, interesting to see which one it's going to be because yeah, a couple of bolters in that mix. And like I said, some surprise picks all up. But yep. yeah. Yep. All right. So moving over to the Tigers now. And yeah, they didn't get started until later in the draft as well. So uh, Kane McAuliffe at uh, pick 40 and Liam Fawcett at 43. Yeah. So uh, McAuliffe, um, pretty strong inside midfielder. So if they were going to go down that route, it was probably going to, I thought it was probably going to be George Stevens at that pick. Uh, he went a bit later to Geelong and, and they, get, they took McAuliffe instead. Um, so out of North Adelaide, yeah, just really explosive um, at the coal face. Um, knows how to win the ball, knows how to just burst away from packs, which is probably something they want to see a bit more of though. Mm-hmm. Like it's one of the things he can do, but is it something that he's going to be able to do often enough? Um, so yeah, high upside player. Like I think some of the comparisons he was getting on draft night were, were some of the best in the business, but um, not not to put a ceiling on him, but that, you know, he, he's probably just a player that will you know, need a bit of time like some of the other Tigers draftees they've brought through. And then Liam Fawcett as well, uh, key position player, also out of SA. So a few extra SA kids for the Tigers. Um, don't know too much about him, but um, you know, a key position player is exactly what the, the Tigers needed to draft. You know, they lose Jack Rewalt. Um, Tom Lynch is spending a lot of time, was spending a lot of time this year on the sidelines. You know, Samson Ryan, the player that um, can help lead a forward line. So um just on how ready force it is, I wouldn't have thought. But um, yeah, they still certainly need depth options at the very least, and that's what they've got. Yep, quite one for the Tigers. So moving now to the Saints. Uh, so they had a pretty good haul. Uh, they didn't get their first pick until eighteen, which was Darcy Wilson. Um, but then they also brought in Lance Collard at twenty-eight, Angus Hasty at thirty-three, Hugo Garcia at fifty, and Ari Schoenmaker at sixty-two. Uh, but you rated a couple of these players. Yeah, this is, sleepers. This is a. Uh, I think it's exactly what Ross Lyon would have wanted. Like if he goes, he was also on crutches, by the way. Yeah, I think he said he had a knee operation. <laughs> he was walking. Fine. I think it was a hip was replacement. Some, yeah, uh, yeah uh, he's, he's had a bit fixed up, but yeah, he was on crutch. On Interesting crutch. guy. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, if he if he went to Sauce uh, and and Graham Allen and just said, I want speed, I want run, just give me these kind of magnets that I can move up the flanks. It's exactly what they've done. Mm-hmm. Um, so Darcy Wilson, good endurance athlete, good runner, good ball winner, probably playing wing half forward. Um, just good endurance athlete and you know solid I think he won the two kilometer time trial or was up there in the two uh, might have come second in the two kilometer time trial but um, yeah just real you know kind of uh, has a bit of guile as, as, as kind of a, a midfield player that can you know have some scoreboard impact so he's going to be a nice one to watch Lance Collard pacey quick small forward going to really fit in uh, alongside you know Liam Henry um, Jack Higgins Dan Butler in that group so he's going to be quite exciting i might be able to push further up the ground but just gives them a lot of run and pace and it's going to be an absolute headache and then angus hasty um another one who's probably one of the quicker players in this draft great line breaker and a lot of run and pace out of out of the back line so a rebounding uh talent out of the geelong falcons yeah that was was, that was the pickup i probably like out of the most out of those three like collard and wilson you know both likely to go top 30 like wilson probably i thought might have gone a bit earlier Collard was probably in that 15 to 30 mix. Um, but Hasty was, yeah, it was, it was good to see him as 
one of the first picked up um, in the in the second night. So that was a nice one by the Saints. Hugo Garcia, um, just hearing from what Stephen Wells had to say, another one that they kind of liked. A bit of a bolter, but um, another player that can often run. And it just as they said, speed was the name of the game for this draft hall. The one probably outlier was Ari Schoenmaker. So obviously a lot of talk about him, you know, big booming left foot um, that's, that was kind of the big attraction for him. Uh, Silvani kind of said that He's probably a player that they they need to put a lot of work into, though. Um, you know, they'll quite have to see how he kind of bounced back from adversity earlier in the year. Had a you know ten week suspension um, from the preseason, and then to find yourself in the draft mix, you know, gives you some credit. So that was one thing that they were quite happy to see in how someone can bounce back. You know, certainly a kid at his age um, to do that. So um, another kind of defensive addition, and as mentioned, one that they'll they'll put a lot of work into, and you know. There's probably you know some questions on him, but certainly can straighten up under someone like Ross Lyon. And then the big, then the big uh, surprise for them was Riley Bonner mm-hmm. at the rookie at the preseason draft. I should say, um, yeah, big surprise. They were one of three clubs to pick up preseason picks, and they were the only one to do that, that wasn't a player they did delisted this offseason. Uh, obviously, is you know spent a fair bit of his spent all of his career at Port Adelaide. Um, was always a fringe you know halfback runner. Um, so that's going to be a really interesting one. Maybe he pushes up onto the wing. Didn't have a spot for Dan McKenzie on their list now. So so maybe that's kind of where um, they see Bonner. Um, but obviously, yeah, they get in guys like Wilson, Garcia, Hasty, and Collard who can also offer some runs. So, um, yeah, pretty obvious their, their plan. Didn't really look at key position talent. Like Shellmaker's like I think 190 plus, but probably doesn't play as a, as a marking play. It's more just a rebounding tool. So, um, yeah, like I said, I think, I think the Saints did, did pretty well. Um, and it was pretty clear what they wanted. And they certainly got some of the best in, in those kind of running options yep. um, from where they were picking. Absolutely. Good haul for the Saints. Moving now to the Swans. So Will Green at 16. Caden uh, Cleary, 24. Didn't mean to rhyme then, but I did. Uh, Patrick Snell at 53. Yeah. Um, so kind of the Will Green one was the, was the first one they picked up uh, on the nine, the first round. Um, so you know, a bit of a project ruckman for them. You know, they've got your Brody Grundy, Peter Adams, um, Lockie McAndrews still there as well, but they probably just wanted a fourth ruckman to be on that list. Mm-hmm. Um, they had Cam Owen, who they who they delisted after a year. So um, they bring in Will Green, plenty of upside, you know, nice kid as well. But um, they've you know just a, a you know pretty formidable player, I think, with Vic Metro this year. Really kind of led that midfield group. Um, with his ruck craft and, and working ability. And then uh, on top of that, um, added Caden Cleary in the first round, which sounds like John Longmire wasn't too happy with a bid coming that early. Um, uh, you know, that's what that's kind of what happens. And, and obviously they, they, they matched the bid anyway. Like that's how well they rate him. Um, really good contested ball winner. Was stand, one of the standouts for the Allies in their premiership campaign this year, you know, working alongside Sanders and, and McKercher and Rogers. So he was a team of the year, you know, under-18s All-Australian player. Um, and, you know, nice little addition for them. Played some good VFL footy when he got a look this year as well. So part of that academy. Um, and then Patrick Snell, who was a Brisbane Academy player but didn't have um, like the match bid links. So Swans could just select him without any fuss key defender so a bit like harry arnold who they picked up out of brisbane's vfl They're, they've got a couple of um those boys now and um yeah just another one that you know they needed key defenders not that he's going to be a player that's going to be playing necessarily round one i would have thought but um certainly just gives them some support there and then they um got indy kirk 
uh, son of Brett Kirk as a pre-listed cap B. So he was overlooked last year. It's not usually a big worry for some of these like Northern Academy clubs because they can have them still on the academy list. They can have them playing VFL footy and just see what they can do with another year under their belt. And that's exactly what um, they did with Indy Kirk. Had a great year in the talent league for the, with the Swans. Played you know a fair few games in the VFL for a player of his age. Um, and just kind of yeah showed them that he's, he's worth it. And you know he's a Category B pickup, so again, doesn't cost him anything. Yep. And nothing to the salary cap. Um, it's just a, a yeah nice little addition, and obviously a, a father son addition as well, which is always good to see. Yep, not bad from Sydney. So now moving over to the West Coast, and uh, yeah, they had the number one pick. Obviously, Harley Reid, Archer Reid at thirty, Clay Hall at thirty eight, Harvey Johnson at forty nine. So this Harley Reid, haven't heard much about him. Is he any good, Bolter? <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, obviously, it was it was going to be such a big point this year about what happens with pick one especially when you know from the midway point of the season you thought west coast were going to have pick one um you know it's a bit of back and forth at, at in the late part of the season but they got it and then once the season finished are they going to trade it what offers come forward um sounded like there was even someone knocking on ron o'brien's door as early as, as late as monday mm-hmm. just saying hey, uh, you're all settled in and yeah um it sounds like they have been for a couple of weeks on, on taking harley um and I guess the, the big plus for them is, is it's in these kind of rebuilds and when you're also kind of a big club, you want a big name kind of player to help lead the rebuild. Like not someone you've picked up from another club, but someone that, that kind of comes in through your system and makes a name for himself. Not that he hasn't already. Mm. Um, but yeah. Has to be the most popular number one pick in most recent years, I feel like. Like he's just got a massive profile already for somebody that's not even like ha- hasn't played a game. I think it was like you know, Matt Cruiser, which was like 2008, mm-hmm. has like a lot of talk. Um, yeah, and just like you know the age we're in now, it's um, it's going to be really hard to kind of turn off that kind of hype. It's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Um, he seems to have handled it like like okay. Yeah. You could see on, on his first presser was he, he was, was very nervous, but like his head he did well. Scrambled to be honest, just with like the yeah. whole year he's had and everything he's had to deal with, and then just to kind of finally get your name selected, and then five minutes later get shoved upstairs, and you're like got thirty cameras in your face, and you're just like, <laughs> and he's already got so much going on through his head. So, yeah, uh, it, it was a it was a kind of interesting first press conference for him, but um like he'll, he'll i think he'll handle things pretty comfortably next year should be playing around one you would think uh, on the player he is mm-hmm. uh obviously seen as a midfielder but you know can play off halfback which is what he did in um his vfl stint with carlton can certainly play forward um just damaging um you know just physical and aggressive yeah and explosive so that's the kind of play they're going to get from him can't wait to see him fend off dusty yeah, yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting. Another thing you mentioned in his um, in his presser, tongue firmly in cheek, but um, yeah, no doubt. And then kind of going through the rest of their, their draft crops, Archery was the next one they picked up. Um, yeah, I, I thought that was probably a good call for them. First pick of the next draft, uh, first pick of the next night, I should say. Um, probably had a couple offers come in, but um, getting a key forward was was probably going to be a priority for them at some point. And uh, Archery was. Yeah, one of the better key forwards in this year's draft class. Um, you know, 200 plus centimeters tall, has worked on his ruck craft this year, which is going to be another big bonus for them. Um, but another one that will get some time to develop. And then Colin Livingston was a uh, NGA pre-listed one, so they added him and then Lock Rawlinson through the draft. So a few more additions 
which is what you need when you're a rebuilding club. But the other draftees, uh, Clay Hall, uh, local prospects, um, good inside midfielder, which is another area that you, you think they probably want a couple of. Uh, like they get Harley Reid, they got Ruben Jimby, and they got Elijah Hewitt. So that's kind of their midfield mix for the long haul. But Clay Hall's one that's, that, that could certainly press his case for a starting spot in, in the long run as well uh, out of Peel Thunder. And then Harvey Johnston, midfield forward um, out of Sandringham. Who uh, yep played a, you know, was a member of their you know, Premiership side this year and uh, had some good you know, some good looks. I, like I'm probably not a, a, a name I'm all too familiar with, but um, you know uh, the Eagles obviously certainly liked him and, and, and took him on night too. So not a bad crop. Obviously headlined by Harley Reid. Um, they I think they would have liked to have traded back into the top ten, which is something that Ron O'Brien tried to do, uh, and they just couldn't quite you know get a deal landed where they might have got Dan Curtin. Um, but nonetheless, they've, you know, they hold on to their first pick for the year coming, which again could be pick one. Um, and it's going to be qu- quite exciting to see who they who they kind of look at next year as well. Yep, absolutely. So good stuff uh, for that West Coast rebuild. And finally rounding out the draft with Western Bulldogs. So Riley Sanders at pick six, Jordan Croft, the father-son at 15, uh, Joel Freyer. At 45, Lachlan Smith, 47, Aiden O'Driscoll at 55. So, um, obviously, headlined by Sanders there. Really mature kid. Yeah. Um, yeah, like we said with Colby, switched on. You know, just so confident in how he speaks. Like, I know these kids get media trained, but sometimes you might just think that this is just who they like. Who mm-hmm. they are. He just spoke so well, so cleanly. Um, was very open and honest about the whole process. Like he said, it was a, such a surprise. Like he didn't think the dogs were going to be that interested. And then all of a sudden they were after like 10 minute chats. Um, just spoke about, you know, his journey and, and, and you know, coming out of Tassie and, and how keen he is to get to the Bulldogs, but how well aware he is that of, of the players ahead of him in that midfield group. Yeah, he, it's going to be hard. A, he gets, has to break into, but B, he also gets to learn off. Yeah. Uh, he was, so he was really excited by that. Um, it's going to be it's, starstruck it's by Bont, be, I think yeah, he said. Yeah, he was... He Who was, wouldn't be that? You know, going through all like the texts and stuff from teammates, he was just very happy and yeah, mm. exactly. So um, you know, we got a ripping kid, Lark Middle winner. Um, you know, led the the talent league as well in for, for touches per game. Um, clean ball user, good inside, um, very evasive. You know, can dance his way out of a contest and out of any trouble. Um, socks up, which is always a big tick. Like <laughs> you might just think it's like Jason Horn Francis when you look at him. Just not only his footy traits, but you know, he socks up to his knees and he's got some some nice blonde locks. So he's gonna be um yeah, I I wouldn't rule him out around one. Like we know what the dog's midfield's like. Um but uh you know, there's um, That'd be great to see him in round one. Yeah, no, I, I certainly gonna be a chance. And at the same time, you know, maybe it's some succession planning. If they lose Bailey Smith in twelve months' time, which you certainly can't rule out at this point, then they've got, you know, another pick six yep. in um in Sanders. So that's a big tick. Uh, Jordan Croft was the second one they got on, on night one. Uh, weird to see he didn't have a dog's jumper on. <laughs> he was just like walking around in his colder polo and you think he'd be one of the only ones who knew where he was going on night one, but that's all right. <laughs> I think um, he said um, they were putting a number on it or something yeah, for him. But anyway, no, he, we got there. and He um, didn't get there in time. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, he's going to be he's gonna be quite happy with, with knowing that he, there's not going to be any pressure on him to play next year. Like they've got Jamara, they've got Norton. Um, even Sam Darcy might get a, a look in that forward line uh, if that's the, the avenue they go with him. Then they've got Rory Lobb and Tim English. So he's he's going to be able to not, not kick his feet up, but at, at least you know spend a lot of time at VFL level and just not having to 
focus too much on a debut. Uh, it'd be great to see him get one, and there's certainly no like no issue if he does play next year. Um, but uh, he probably just has time to develop, add some size, and that's going to work really well uh, in the dogs' favour. Joel Frazier, um, so out of Horsham, a nice wingman. Um, uh, you know, good attacking player. Like uh, I think and he has good size, like 190 centimetre player on the wing. Um, you know, is and he's quick for that size uh, and can kind of just, um, like I said, move forward and have some scoreboard impact. So he kicked a decent bag. I can remember who it came against this year, but it was kind of a standout game. I think it was six goals and you know 20 odd touches um, out for GWV. Uh, so that's a nice kind of bit of outside run, which is also what they get in Aiden O'Driscoll. So another one of these um, elite runners um, tested well at the combine out of WA. So he's a younger brother of um, Emma and Nathan out of out of the Dockers, uh, but he'll come over to the Doggies and, and yeah, another another wingman for them. And then Lockie Smith, yeah, a bit like Jed Walter. You look at him, you think, oh, there's no way this, kid, <laughs> this kid's 18. So Gippsland uh, and another Rockman. So that, and that was another one that uh, list need for them. Of course, they lose Jordan Sweet and they don't really have anyone behind English and uh, Lob unless you're counting Darcy. So um, they probably just needed someone who can learn off some, you know, one of the best rucks, arguably the best ruck in the competition. And much like Tim English, Lockie Smith will hopefully just get some time to develop before they, they require him at the top level. Yep. Beautiful stuff. All right. So that wraps it up for the club by club. Congratulations to all the draftees that got drafted this year. Uh, massive year. But now that 2023 is done, we're going to look ahead to 2024 just a quick already. Yeah, yeah, just a quick no, no. there. So the best 2024 prospects, there's some familiar names in there, um, but where do you want to start? Do you want to start with Levi Ashcroft? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Um, obviously, yeah, the surname straight away kind of points to, to the conversation that, yeah, he's a um, Brisbane father-son prospect for next year, much like his brother, very classy midfielder, um, good right in the middle, um, clean hands, smooth operator, knows how to find the ball. So I'm pretty much describing both Will and Levi at this <laughs> yeah. point. But yeah, they are very similar. And and just for Levi, last year he played in Sandringham's premiership win. This year he played in Sandringham's premiership win. And he'll play again for them next year, which unheard of a player having a chance to, to play in three straight talent league flags. That'll be some effort if that's the case. Uh, just a bit more on his year. Won Sandringham's best and fairest as a bottom major in a premiership winning season. So... You know, has great leadership qualities, was an under-18 All-Australian player um, this season as well. So one of three of his age to make the, the best team of the season. So that's, you know, including your Harley Reeds and your Riley Sanders and all those. So Brisbane Father Son Prospect will spend some time with the Lions over the preseason. Um, and, you know, assuming he nominates the Lions, they've got another nice ball winner coming through the ranks. Yeah, um, so better he, than Will. It's not. It's not a terrible argument. It's a very, like like Will Ashcroft was probably the best player in his draft class last year. Like didn't go number one, but I think if he was um, if he was a you know, available to everyone, he's probably going number one. Um, and yeah, I, I think you know Levi could be just as good. It's mm -hmm. certainly a pick one chance um, for sure. Like we're twelve months out, and a lot can change. As we've talked about, guys like Ashton Moyer, Mitch Edwards, these guys were probably in the conversations we're having now. Um, and you know, go out to you know, pick 30s, so uh, 29.30s. So you know, this is just kind of a, a first look, um, but like I said, a lot can change um, with how the, the draft year pans out. But yeah, Levi Ashcroft is 
much like his brother, he's going to take it everything in his step really well. Um, like I will enter the year as probably the best prospect and exited the year as the best prospect. So yep. um, no surprises if Levi is similar. Yep. Uh, who else we got here? Finn O'Sullivan. Finn O'Sullivan. Uh, yeah, maybe by many looked at as the premier player entering 2024. Um, so Vic Country uh, and Oakley Chargers. Uh, midfielder, you know, good inside, clean hands, in and under. Obviously got to work with Harley Reid at, at Vic Country this year. So that was, um, you know, kind of good to see how well a player of Finn is coming up, you know, playing alongside, you know, the best player in, in the year above. Any relation um, to Connor or Sullivan? No, 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 okay. no relation. So yeah, like I said, he's he's, he's a um, big country, but he's playing for the Oakley Chargers, um, and then you know twenty or more disposals. I'm thinking seven of his eight talent league games this year. Um, and Jagger Smith's another one we'll mention in a sec. But him and Kynan Brown and 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 Smith were were you know, really clean um, midfield group for for Oakley this year. And then you um, you know Sullivan took out the Kevin Sheen medal which is the best player in his pool at the championships last year, so under 16s. Um, and he's, yeah, only, you know, really added to that through national champs and, again, was one of those players that won an under-18s All-Australian spot as a 17-year-old um, yep. prospect. So he's probably, you know, going to be a big talking point next year, especially if West Coast do hold number one pick again. And, you know, if you're putting a line through Ashcroft and a couple of these other kids... Um, and then you're looking at WA's draft crop. They're probably not going to be picking a WA kid uh, again with pick one if they have it. So, you know, is it going to be a similar situation to what we have with Harley Reid all year? I don't know if these kids will be spoken about as, as much as Harley will be. Um, but it's going to be a lot more intricate to see who kind of separates themselves, puts them in that pick one conversation, and then obviously what West Coast do next time around. Um, you know, they get Harley in. If they've got an ex-team up in Fenno Sullivan, it could be him. Yep. That, that goes there so um yeah it's going to be obviously a big talking point throughout 2024 for sure yep and uh, another name to look out for just because it sounds awesome is leonardo lombard so this is uh, another academy talking point mm-hmm. um a few might remember him as a 16 year old he played in gold coast's vfl premiership side this year right i remember so, now. yeah um ridiculous just ridiculous that um you know it was only his third game like he hadn't been playing all season he, he spent time with the allies spent time um queensland spent time with um obviously gold coast academy uh the talent league um but just to yeah be playing on one of the biggest games of the season um and being so composed as well like he's not he wasn't quiet he see like he had 10 touches rotating you know, midfield or forward or, or on the wing um and you know that experience is just ridiculous yeah. and you add him to a walter a reed a rogers and a um a, a graham and he would have been 16 huh so he was 16 he was 16 he, when he played yeah that's yeah. ridiculous so he, i think he's you know 10 17 this year 18 next year um and eligible for gold coast's academy so maybe if for those that saw jake rogers um you can think maybe a similar player um but you know in the future stars game on the MCG on grand final day this year um, was probably one of the better plays on, on the field. Um, a really good runner. Like for someone who's a contested ball winner, really good runner and just, you know, grab the ball, run, bounce. Um, so that was uh, obviously a big tick for them. Obviously he played as well for Queensland's under 17s game in a game against Vic Country's under 17s and was again, pretty promising and then averaged, you know, almost 25 touches and three and a half tackles for, um, in the talent league as a bottom major. So uh, yeah, another uh, another academy talking point over the next few years. And it's gonna be interesting to see how he develops um, 
But yeah, and another one as well was uh, that I probably could have mentioned with Levi Ashcroft and Sam Marshall, Brisbane Academy kid, um, who yeah could be a top twenty mix type player. So there's uh, like we said, the academy conversation is not going to be ending just because this this year's draft did. Yep. Um, so another one to watch. Yep. Uh, Jagger Smith. Yeah, so as mentioned before, Jagger Smith, uh, Vic Metro and Oakley Chargers. I think he's second in the talent league for disposals per game behind Riley Sanders. So this is, you know, 17 and 18-year-olds. Never dropped below 25 touches per game for the Chargers. Uh, and he had a five-game run of 30 or more disposals, and two of them included two goal outings. So That's great consistency. 30, yeah. You look at him, skinny little kid, but oh my God, just quick, um, just reactions and, and, and work around the contest can probably play a bit outside as well and that's what he did a little bit for Vic Metro um, just because you know they, they probably didn't have a, a, a huge you know star-studded midfield group this year Vic Metro but they, they still want to see some kids um, you know have a go in the midfield and then he probably took a step back but like yeah he's leading helping lead Vic Metro's midfield group this year um, and you know alongside someone like a Levi Ashcroft and a Josh Smiley who's another one we'll talk on in a sec but Another one had a good game at the Futures Stars game as well, which is where kind of recruits get another last look before the end of the, this year's draft year for next year's prospects. And had 21 touches, three clearances. Um, yeah, just a real um, exciting midfielder, plenty of guile, cunning type of player. So, um, like I said, he, he's, he's so skinny, but a um, bit like, I guess, your Nick Watsons. You can't, there's, there's more than what meets the eye there. Yep. Uh, and you just mentioned it before, so Josh Schmiley, is it? Smiley, yeah, yeah. So two L's, uh, I-E. Um, yeah, so he was part of Eastern Rangers group this year, so alongside Nick Watson and played obviously a lot of midfield with Caleb Windsor and Christian Moraes, who is another bottom major. So uh, he's probably one that could have made this list as well. Um, but Josh is, is probably the standout in that group, um, or I guess between him and Moraes. Windsor obviously got drafted Um in the top 10 this year but he's a tall midfielder 194 centimeters uh and by the way in this kind of crop that we're talking about there's only one that's not a midfielder mm-hmm. um and it's not josh even though he's 194 centimeters so big uh, obviously tall player and used that size to his advantage um 26 touches four and a half marks this year so when i say that it, it's it's marking and tackling where you can use his kind of physicality a uh, couple games for Vic Metro this year, like I said. that So they, they kind of did rely on some of those bottom ages uh, at the Carnival and had 21 touches a game. Had another 21 touches in the Future Stars game um, for Team Nick Natanui, uh, who I think were the winners. Uh, and yeah, he was one of those guys that certainly helped on, on that showcase performance. So yeah, I, I, I think you know some might have him quite highly. Um, like I said, we're kind of looking at a top eight here. And, and yeah, he's... He's one of many um, really promising midfielders, and but he's not one that's attached to clubs, and he'll be, he'll be um, one that a lot of clubs have a lot of um, a lot of sights on this year, uh, next year. Yep, uh, and a name I think I've heard of, Tyler Welsh. Yeah, so this is Adelaide's father son. Yes, so this is is the only non midfielder on our list. Um, key forward, uh, 191 centimeters, sort of son of Scott Welsh, the so former Crows forward, um, as well. So has had has you know had a pretty good 2023 season um was at the woodville west torrens this year 27 goals in 10 games in the under 18 so again playing bottom age um in the sa and then would play national champs for the south australia kicked i think five goals against big country so pretty decent outing for a for a 17 year old on on the highest you know national carnival level um has made the move to uh adelaide's sample side this year so you know we'll still be playing at the same level and might even get a look at 
sample, I get some sample experience, but moved to the Crows as part of like a rookie program in the sample. So he'll obviously work a lot more closely with um, some AFL listed players um, and, you know, get to kind of hone his craft a bit, but he's going to be one that the Crows will be preparing to to nab in next year's draft. And he certainly could be a pretty high end pick. Um, So another father son um, that's at the top end for 2024. Now, some more familiar last names, uh, Ben Camparelli. Yeah, so Ben um, had twin brother Lucas as well. So both of these boys um, tied to Carlton as father's son. So a few more, but Ben's, Ben's probably the one that gets the edge here. Um, sons of Scott Camparelli, obviously 1995 uh, Carlton Premiership player. But Ben is uh, both out of Glenelg, so in South Australia, but no issues there with with the Blues um, getting them as father sons, and they'll even have them, you know, training at Princess Park over the over the summer as well. At some point, they've spent some time with the club before, but um, as part of like AFL Academy, and obviously as Carlton is doing their due due diligence and checking in on them, they'll they'll have them over in Victoria at some point. Ben um, can can probably play you know a bit of inside midfield, but um, played on the on the wing or even a bit across half back in the Future Stars game, which is where he's, he's kind of been his best performance so far, 30 touches, which was a game high and took out best on ground honours. I think he had eight rebound 50s, five inside 50s, eight marks to go with it. Clean, speedy outside runner, but, um, you know, can actually play inside in a little bit. So 25 touches, five and a half marks, four clearances, four inside 50s, three and a half tackles from his 13 under 18s games for the Tigers this year. AFL Academy member alongside his brother Lucas, who can be quite a similar player. Maybe Lucas might be a bit more outside or a bit more defensive. But um, yeah, that's going to be good for the Blues to have those two boys come in. Obviously, teammates of uh, Ashton Moyer at Glenelg. So they'll have um, a couple of familiar faces to, to welcome. And um, it's going to be quite a nice uh, pickup for the Blues. And Nick Austin said on Tuesday that they're, they're pretty um, they're pretty well prepared to have those boys come in from a draft points point of view. Um, you know, got some future picks in at the draft period this year and um, it all goes well. They should be able to match bids for both of those boys. Yep, beautiful. And rounding out this list, we have Sid Draper. Yeah, so younger brother of uh, or uh, ex-Collingwood uh, midfield forward Arlo Draper. So Sid, uh, well, I guess best one of, uh, another midfielder, uh, can be pretty tall, doesn't doesn't like look like the biggest body but um you know he can be still quite physical so he took out uh, south australia's mvp at the national champs which huge that was won by harley reed at vic country ollie murphy at vic metro dan curtin and connor at sullivan and then you've got sid draper a bottom major winning it for south australia um at some effort um captained team that on the future stars game so um they obviously see him as, a, as quite of a, a leader and and had 25 touches as one of their best um Selecting the under under 18s All Australian side, so along with O'Sullivan and um, and Levi Ashcroft, they um, those were the three kids that, that broke into the under 18s All Australian side as bottom ages, which obviously doesn't happen too much. Um, had 24.8 disposals per game, 12 contested possessions, and 3.8 tackles in his four matches for South Australia. Uh, at 17 years old, he's actually played a few games for um, South Adelaide's seniors, so getting sample senior action. At 17 years of age is um, not something that happens all too often. Had you know, I think 14 touches a game, but one of them was you know he had 21 disposals as a 17-year-old playing against you know some of the best you know state-level league talent um, is some effort. So uh, yeah, another one of those midfielders. If, if, if you're ranking them quickly off the top of my head, I think it probably I'd have O'Sullivan then Draper, then Ashcroft, 
Um, and then maybe Smiley, Lombard, I think Smith maybe in that mix as well. Welsh is probably the, the eighth out of those but, um, and can be quite hard to compare him to the rest of them. But um, that's probably the, a quick order um, if we had to put them uh, in. But it's going to be quite a tight-knit group, I think, uh, at least at this point in time. Yep. All right. So that wraps up the best 2024 prospects uh, for now. Pretty early look in, but um, yeah, some exciting names there. Uh, and that wraps it up for the entire draft recap for 2023. Uh, well done, Mitch. Um, got there. And congrats to everybody that got drafted. Congrats to uh, everybody at Zero Hanger who put in a mammoth effort. There's a lot of content. Um, check it all out at zerohanger.com. We are uh, the number one independent AFL news source. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, uh, thank you, Mitch. Thanks, Phoenix. Uh, yeah, and uh, we'll see you next time. Uh, there's a lot of stuff to cover over the off season, so stay tuned at uh, zerohanger.com.